Hi everybody, welcome to another episode of Breakfast at Ruby's. I'm very excited to be here again with some of your favorite content creators to talk about everything and nothing at the same time. I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying. Hi, my name is Ruby. Welcome. This is where you're having your breakfast at today and I hope you're ready. I hope you have your tea and your coffee because we're about to spill everything everywhere. Okay, so get ready, Hini. Uh, to my right, we have V. Hey. Hello, everybody. Yes. Would you like to introduce yourself to people who may not know who you are, where they can find you, what you do, all that wonderful stuff? Uh, I could. Um, welcome, everyone, to Breakfast at Ruby's. And to your right, to the right of me is some croissants you can have. Um, Yes. On on Twitch, you guys can find me on twitch.tv forward slash Lion Jotin, where I've just been taking a vacation because of reasons. But I do some variety streams, like my big sister below Ruby. That just sounds re that just sounds really weird. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's fine. It's been confirmed on my bottom. It's fine. <laughs> um, I do a lot of gaming stuff. I host Same. my own radio show from time to time called Lions Den Radio, where we do music hours, music requests, and we, then we just do uh, live reactions of some stuff that people throw my way. And if you guys follow me on Twitter for twitter.com forward slash black VC voices, I am a voice actor where I've done safe work stuff and not safe work stuff. So if you guys find me in some like fan dubs or in some porn audio that was probably me i will not apologize yes and you shouldn't yes <laughs> 10 out of 10 get that coin <laughs> we have another bottom besides me <laughs> in here and her name is valley <laughs> hi <laughs> what's up valley i'm good how are you yeah i'm great do you want to introduce yourself to the millions watching and getting oh, breakfast right now. The 80 million that's watching? I've exactly. The entire Twitch audience <laughs> is watching us. And we're not even in the front page. Can you believe? That's insane. Yeah, I know. That's, we're just that's so That's a famous. travesty. We're famous. It's fine. Uh, my <laughs> name is Valley the Vampire. I'm a variety streamer on Twitch. And I do everything from Twitch things to just dance to... Uh, visual novels to horror games i've gotten into like old school rpgs as of late yeah and sometimes i i just stream when i feel like it i try to keep a schedule but i've kind of just gone into if i have time i'll do it so i'm trying mm -hmm. to get better at a schedule but yeah and i'm on twitter and instagram and twitch at valley the vampire and also my cat jolene has an instagram and if she comes out i'll show you yes uh, you'll get Jeez. you'll get a sneak peek at that instagram every time she pops up on screen you know it's great mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> just free promo she's like hey i have an instagram hi i'm yeah. i'm here i exist i'm cute i'm precious it's fine uh <laughs> in the corner over there we have a uh, passion pit passion looks a lot like britney in that picture i know it's very very similar i don't know i just they 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 look very similar in that picture, and I just figured I would choose a picture that would be a good representation of how we feel right now, since Passion is currently MIA. So you know, everyone look for Passion in your in your in your buffets, in your local buffets. <laughs> and Where are you, um, yeah, so Passion might join us sometime mid recording. Who knows? Uh, maybe not. But um, yeah, hope. All is well with them, and everything is wonderful. 
But until until then, um, we'll we'll talk the three of us, and it's gonna be a wonderful experience regardless. Mm -hmm. Um, so um, I kind of wanted to uh, start the conversation with something that happened on in the Twitch universe very recently. Um, not that I care about what happened, but I like the conversation of what happens after something like that happened. So for those of you who don't know, there's there was a big Twitch streamer called Shroud that moved platforms from Twitch to Mixer, kind of like what Ninja did earlier this year. And as it happened again, it kind of brought up the whole resurgence of the same conversation of, you know, people who want to leave Twitch after they these people have left. Uh, it opens the conversation for both sides, for people who want to criticize people who want to move to to Mixer and it crit people criticizing the big creators who may or may not have gotten paid to join those platforms. And there's also the other side of like people praising Mixer, people tell saying that Twitch is over, all of that stuff. So where do we stand on this conversation of uh, big content creators leaving a big platform like Twitch to go somewhere like Mixer or any other platform for that matter? Who wants to start? Just say yes and you can start. I'll let Valley start. Okay. There you go. Okay. Great. Um, honestly, I don't think Twitch is going to be over. Um, there's more affiliates and partners and someone did like the study. Um, it was like on Twitter, like it was like when after Ninja left that affiliates bring Twitch more money than partners and a major partner leaving just means more people can become partnered to be have a chance to be that top streamer. So if anything, it's creating more competition for that top spot on Twitch. So in the long run, it's definitely, I feel like it's kind of helpful mm -hmm. and it gives people more opportunity to shine and do that. Well, on the mixer side, it is bringing them more foot traffic, which is great because they are an up and coming competition and yeah. everything needs competition. That's one of my biggest issues um, with the Sims, for example, I grew up playing the Sims. I love the Sims, but has literally no competition. So it has nothing to approve itself on or compare itself to. So at least with Mixer making improvements and like them seeing what's drawing people over, maybe Twitch could be like, hey, we could adopt that and try to do something they're doing. So mm -hmm. it could make Twitch better. So that's my thing on it. Yeah, it, it has happened already. Like, you know, they're doing the in-channel uh, points that Mixer has mm -hmm. with their Spark system and stuff like that. And that's what, what I always say when it comes to this. Is It's that exact example of... There needs to be competition for Twitch to improve and for Twitch to step up their game. Because if if they don't, then eventually other platforms are going to have interesting concepts that they're just going to get people with that, you know? Um, I know that Mixer just existing, it made, it made it so that Twitch wanted to immediately... I, I'm talking like last year or like a couple of years ago, like Twitch started implementing the affiliate thing because Mixer's partnership was so low at the time, mm -hmm. um, like the requirements for partnership. And I remember them doing stuff like, um, you know, they have the low latency mode, which they didn't before Mixer. And since Mixer literally has no delay with chat, 
that's where that's where Twitch got that, and they were like, we need to improve on that. And they keep doing stuff like that. Like Mixer has a feature where you can multi-stream, like you can co-stream, and it's not reserved for anyone in specific. Anyone can do that just very easily. And Twitch is working really hard to do that for their own platform. So I completely agree with you. And uh, on a side note, I'm excited for the Sims competitor yeah. who's up and coming. And it, everything that I see about it looks really good. Uh, I happen to forget the name of it. Do you happen to know? Uh, uh, let me look. Yeah, I don't, I don't know it by heart, but uh, it looks really good. And But that's with everything. Like... Sony wouldn't be Sony if they didn't have Microsoft and Nintendo to work against, in a way, you know? Um, there's always going to be... I feel like in order for things to get better, there has to be, like, some sort of level of competition for... You know, not even for comparison, but for people to push themselves to be better than their competitor. Not necessarily for them to, like, want to throw them out of the race, because there's room for everybody, you know, like with YouTube, everybody wants to say like, oh, YouTube is the only platform. But, you know, there's still other platforms, obviously not as big as YouTube, but there's room for for everything on the Internet. You know, um, what do you think about this whole thing, V? Honestly, uh, this might sound like a really weird scumbaggy businessman thing, because like valley can, can attest i've been on my my business man swag for like the weirdest amount of time this year um for what i'm seeing from the whole twitch and mixer thing i'm seeing it less of a whole it's being canceled and more on the same lines of what i see for youtube of it's going through its own evolutionary branch as it were about its own platform and I say, I say it like this because I analyze patterns for a lot of stuff from like a very unrelated topic, but for stuff like Funimation, where all that flack of coming down on it for what it's doing, it's breeding forth something else that is evolving or devolving, however you want to look at it, to then have other things sort of be branching from it that will probably either topple and topple it if it's not going to be smart about his decisions or it will be sort of be a crowning achievement to give birth to more things and nurture them twitch in this argument is just trying to help mixer even if it is a, co a competitive thing for losing ninja or shroud it's literally being its greatest foundation to aid it by giving it a healthy dosage of what it means to be on a greater platform to be a better source for people to stream and do this sort of thing since Generations ago, people would be saying you can't make money for doing stuff like streaming your content. You can't be a paid artist to do this sort of stuff on the street to just sell your art without literally killing yourself. Where now we have these brand new avenues, we have these brand new consciousness designs to do this sort of stuff. And the way Mixer is trying to handle these things with getting big names to help bring in traffic, even if it is for a small monetary gain rather than for a long period of time, it is on that right path to not slap Twitch across the face and be like, we're doing better than you, but literally just being like, we're taking small assets, but we want to basically learn from where you've come from since you were the platform jumper that gave us our seat upon all these sort of things as a business. Hmm. Yeah. That's an interesting point of view for that. Yeah. 
because uh for me i just uh to be honest on with on mixer's perspective i just see it as like i honestly don't see it as um obviously to a certain degree it is a smart decision to like buy these people out of the platform but i don't know how much they will gain from it long term because um we actually were talking about this before we were recording the the episode um just me with the chat we were sort of talking about this briefly and how they i don't i there's been stats of like when ninja joined for example mixer there was a big leap of people that joined but eventually it stagnated right so not like ninja or mixer they're not really getting new people after that initial jump um it's just like with everything we would see it with you know even twitch affiliates right if any affiliate chooses to go to, to mixer obviously there's going to be a little bit of an audience that goes with them and the community that wants to watch them will watch them no matter where they are. And that's kind of the interesting conversation here because a creator doesn't make a platform. And we were kind of talking about this too. Um, Twitch existed before Ninja and Twitch will continue to exist after Ninja. And that's kind of where Valley was also getting to when it comes to like Twitch is not over v was saying twitch is not canceled and i agree both with both of you on that the like youtube existed but way before and after certain creators were on it twitch is the same thing shroud left twitch but twitch already existed before him and will continue to slay after him because it's not about like oh that person is leaving therefore nobody is gonna watch twitch like no literally there's millions of content creators on twitch and I'm sure there's millions of people willing to watch them all, you know, and it, the fact that one streamer leaves, no matter how big or small they are, it's not really going to change a platform at all. It's not the same thing as like Disney removing their original movies from Netflix because they want their own platform. That's different because those are like entities and those are big IPs and those are big those are those are not people. Those are like things that have meaningful that have meaningful relationships to millions of people out there, right? Um, right? And these people, you could you could say that they're brands, right? You could every content creator is a brand, blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. But let's be real: the people who watched Ninja were only watching Ninja anyway. There there have been studies that say that like there is a big percentage. If I I think I think I think it's somewhere between eighty or ninety percent of people only have like their one favorite streamer that they watch and that's it you know uh like for some people i'm the only reason that they're on twitch and same with valley same with v and i'm sure same with passion but you know they're not here to talk about it but <laughs> are you queen? um just kidding I, I love you passion but um you know it's it's one of those things like everybody there's a big percentage of of people that say that they only watch one person, their favorite, and that's it. And you, if you think about it, that's perfectly reasonable. Like if I stream five hours a day for three days a week, if I were a big streamer, I would probably stream more often. What makes you think that people would watch me for like five or six hours and then spend five or six hours more to watch someone else? Like that doesn't make sense, right? So mm -hmm. people on that kind of level, it's like, sure, it's a lot of people, but at the same time, it's like, they're not really contributing to the whole platform. They're only contributing to that one person where I feel like a lot of other content creators, 
they have a lot of shared communities. They have a lot of shared interests and stuff like that. And I see a lot more crossover with others on Twitch. And unfortunately, all of us are replaceable to a certain degree. You know, obviously, nobody is going to do what I do exactly as I do. But if I'm gone for a year, people are not going to wait for me to like be back. People are, gonna, are just going to watch someone else while they wait for me. You know, that's mm -hmm. just the reality of the Internet. And I, I feel like it's I feel like Mixer is kind of making a mistake by like because, you know, for those people to move from Twitch to Mixer, they're being paid a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I don't know if this investment is going to be worth it on a long term scenario. I hope oh, it is. Not. But I, it's probably not. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, moving on to um, kind of like a different. I still want to talk about content creation, if that's OK. Mm -hmm. Um, because I, I really find it fascinating, uh, and we've talked about this a little bit, V, on, um, kind of, I wanted to learn more about voice acting and, uh, how you got into that and, uh, what you can, what kind of advice you can give to people out there. And you can obviously oh, sure. promote your upcoming projects and stuff. So feel free to, to go, to go into it. Okay. Um... It kind of all started when I was nine years old and one of my friends that was hanging out before I was fully a naturalized citizen was pretty much like, we have this one commercial that someone is trying to have problems with because it, it was like this baby food commercial where the baby wouldn't make a sound or anything, would just be staring at the camera with like the biggest dote eyes. They just so be so creeped <laughs> out, like, weird. why won't this baby say a word? <laughs> And so they're just like, do you think you could like help with something? I was like, I don't really know, man. All I do is just like make random baby noises when I'm bored. It's like, <laughs> yes, could you dub the baby? I'm like, what? <laughs> so I dub the baby at nine years old for like this it's commercial amazing. out in Ohio. And then all of a sudden they're just like, here's a check for $200. Yes. Wow. Wow. I questioned nothing. I gave the check to my grandpa because I was like, I don't want this for voicing a baby. Take this away from me right the fuck now. Nowadays, you're like, please, how many babies can I voice? Give me the money. And then after that happened, a couple of my friends and I were trying to do some stuff with fan ups for Disney movies, like um, The Black Cauldron, where I did a thing for The Horn King, or my most favorite one before Disney was like, you got to take this down off the internet, man. It's not fun. I'm like, but why? We just dubbed Aladdin Aww. perfectly. And it's like, well, it seems like you stole Frank Welker for The Cape of Wonders. And this is the voice I shit you not. I practice weeks for at nine years old. Of um, hold on, let me get my uh, throat nice and moisturized. Yes. Oh my god, guys, we're getting a preview. Who has disturbed my slumber? Yes. That's amazing. Only one may enter. That who is. The diamond in the rough. I literally practiced that for weeks on end at nine <laughs> to the point where everyone was like, bro, you need to keep doing this stuff more and more. Yeah, I tried. Do <laughs> I tried doing it with like live performances I did in like this 
relationship I had had with like someone older than me, like a couple of years later, made a few comic things and was about to actually drop my first original show for, I think, either NBC or ABC, because one of my friends was trying to get me in contact with them. But the person I was in contact with and gave literally $3,000 for this pilot, I wanted to get shot and everything, just took the money. I'm waiting by the gate with one of my friends and literally no one was there to take us into it. And literally that day at the age of 16, I gave up acting <laughs> that oh. exact same day because I was so heartbroken. Yeah. I mean, that's intense. You show up for the job and you're like, oh, there's no job. <laughs> oh, no. Then four, year, four years ago to this day, I'm just doing some random stuff because I got like these people that I used to know back in the day. They're like, we're making a YouTube channel. You mind helping us out with some stuff? And I kind of dabbled more and more into some stuff where I just reignited my passion for acting like that. 2016 hit. I was part of a Minecraft role play called Rosegate High, aka Rosegate Life. I quit that job because the director is a giant C word. Ooh. And T. T. I then at that same exact year started dropping my own audio series slash radio drama stuff of this art slash acting show of Let's Do Art. And then a year after that, me and my friends got together to make our brand new uh, entertainment studio called Writers Cove Studios, where we have produced some stuff recently of um we're redoing a show one of my friends did on minecraft called um beyond the veil we have some other stuff one of my friends is making of an audio drama that i'm not going to talk about because it's not ready yet i'm making some shorts involving some old ocs i made back in the day called veiled garden i'm making a brand new thing for this neo-noir type drama that i made back in the day called lotus i'm dropping some horror stuff some brand new action stuff I've been so busy these last two to three years that has reignited so much of my love for acting that even now on Twitter, I have people going up to me like, you're my senpai. You're going to oh. be teaching me stuff. You're going to be helping me out with all this sort of stuff. And I keep trying to tell these people that I do not have the same exact acclaim that a lot of people in my bracket do because I've met people that have only been acting for like five years and they're already in indie games. They're in TV shows. One of my friends was actually a backing vocalist for Has Been Hotel that dropped a few days ago. They've nice. been doing the work that I failed to do because I was so depressed Aww. for like 10 years straight. But people are still just like, no, you know the business. You know how this works before the internet blew up. You know how this works and we want to learn from you. To where even now, I'm, as I'm about to drop a pornography audio this wednesday literally just called samson and winter on my twitter i still just now have people come up going to be like, just like i want to work with you what you got you got safe work not safe work you want to do this thing now i got a video game you want to be in this now i got a new show coming out i got the studio that needs some bas yes. i got this in the works i'm like oh my god <laughs> that's awesome so, that is so much has happened i don't even know how it is but um for anyone that's just trying to get into voice acting nowadays though it's just gonna be the same advice i give for a lot of people of 
you can do a lot of things and you can be amazing at what you do. Like I I can stay off stay off the bat. Ruby is an incredible vocalist. And if he were to try and pursue, pursue some more stuff of doing a lot more music classes to fine tune his voice to the exact T that he wanted, he could probably be on the Billboard's top 100 within. Oh my god! Uh, yes, I agree. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> you know my you you know you don't get paid for the show, right? So you don't have to do that. <laughs> okay, thank my, you. My big sister Valley, she's <laughs> a hilarious comedian. Where if she were to do stand up for herself, if she got the confidence level, I could see her in like five to seven months, literally getting signed on to do a big stand up special on a TV network. Well, yeah. Dang, thank you. They have that kind of energy and charisma, but the one thing I always tell people that even if they have potential, it's you always have to know when certain things that are going to be in your wheelhouse are going to be appropriate and when certain business deals seem too good to be true. Because mm. a lot of the times you can say that you're going to do all these sort of things, there's going to be a big success rate, and you're going to have all these things. But every time I hear some of my friends just being like, we're going to be in this project, and then hear months later that they got screwed over, they had their audio stolen, they had their images taken. And I'm like, this is why I seldomly try to talk to a lot of people in the game. Not because I don't want to get my foot in the door, I don't want to work with these studios, but I've met and dealt with these kind of people. It's mm -hmm. hard to just... At the snap of a finger, just trust someone at their words, just be like, oh, yeah, we can definitely get you this stuff on your resume, your portfolio. You can, you can literally just do all this stuff and literally be famous. Because then that just makes you in that whole self-pitying pit that I've been in. And it's not fun spending 10 years just like, I really hate my life. I really wasted all my time writing all this stuff and being in all these shows and shit. So just be vigilant. Literally follow into your wheelhouse when it's appropriate, where you can use your talents to open the doors for you without anyone just trying to speak into your ear like it's a serpent on a tree. And literally be cautious about who you do business with, because not everything is going to be as golden as it seems. Not everyone's going to have your back as you proclaim it's going to be. And last thing I got to say is just find the right group of friends that you need in the industry to help you out like um Kristen Undridge or John or Jonas Fresh Lance McDonald Amanda Hufert Jordan Rudolph I've met so many amazing VAs singers songwriters scriptwriters in just these last 2 years using social media and stuff and using discords and all this sort of stuff that I've I've literally found a good enough group that has pointed me away from a lot of terrible people, but also have led me to some great people that are already in big productions now. Like I have two friends of Kaylin Fair and Maggie S Esser who are going to be in a brand new show coming out next year with Chuck Hubert, AKA Android 17 and he, a uh, Vic Manana, AKA Edward Elric. And even Todd Habercorn, aka Natsu Dragneel from Fairy Tale, in Ooh. a already established anime made by a single guy that owns a multi-billion-dollar company, being set for 2020. Nice. Dang. 
So just follow those advice things. And if you guys need any like pearls of wisdom from like an old man that just happens to know what it's like to be in the industry, my door is always open on Twitter or on uh, Disc Discord, if you guys know my Discord, or on IG, if I ever make an IG, or if you guys can follow, find me on YouTube, I don't mind dropping these pearls of wisdom because I don't want any aspiring VAs or writers or directors, producers, whatever, to go through what I did when I was young and stupid. Yeah, it's it's definitely important, especially. I feel like everybody is young and stupid, <laughs> and um, and I feel like it, making mistakes is a way to get you to where you are. Obviously, like you wouldn't be here. Ha being so busy and having amazing projects down the line if you didn't go through those things so at the same time it is like at the end of the day no matter how much advice you can hear from anyone you you're still gonna make mistakes and it's okay to make those mistakes because um that's how else are you gonna learn right not um, wrong and how did that um f did for you uh, I know it's probably different for everyone, but uh, when it came to doing safe for work content and then transitioning to not for safe, not safe for work content, was there a big debate that you had within yourself with, you know, maybe a significant other that you may have had at the time? Um, like, what was what was that process or was it just like, oh, I was just it's work. I'm just going to do it, you know? Honestly, for me, it was just very easy because I talked to a bunch of my friends beforehand. I even hit up an ex of mine, uh, Valley. I think you re remember her or her when I talked about the name Jade. Oh yeah. I actually <laughs> called, called her up myself. Where we had a back and forth thing about her and her friends, where she has heard from one of my friends because they keep in contact for some reason about things I've been doing and she was like why don't you also go back to the same stuff you used to like I know you used to write eroticas for like fun when we were on plane trips to Milan and to India and all this sort of stuff so why don't you go back to doing that stuff and I'm like it does sort of fit because when you do not safe work stuff it's very freeing for your soul because you can have as many sex as you want physically and you'll be drained but your mind will still just be coursing with that whole impulse that your desires still give off or even if your body is tired you just still feel like there's that urge to keep going sexually for stuff if that makes any sense mm -hmm. and to purge it through the microphone of just for example like someone is basically giving you a, ha a handy J in a scenario of like the Mile High Club, you can literally just visualize that in your mind while in the studio, just trying to do your own part with it. Maybe it's like with heavy breathing, with moaning, and then it turns into whatever kind of sexual stuff you wanted to go through. You then have your endorphins just released with all that sort of stuff, and you have a clear mind for everything. Yeah. But was did you have um, when you, got, oh, you yeah. when you got into it? Was there a moment of like because a lot of people have this belief, and I agree to a certain degree of like once you go not safe for work on the internet, 
it's like you can't go back. You know, once you cross that line, you can't really cross that line. When it comes to, obviously, not just voice acting, but when it comes to, you know, pornography, when it comes to nudes, when it comes to OnlyFans and stuff like that, and Patreons and all that stuff, there are a lot of people that are perfectly comfortable doing that, but they may have that inhibition at first of, you know, do I want to cross that line? Or And I know for some people it's just like, who cares? I don't give a shit. I'm just going to do it. And it, how, where did you stand within that, you know, um, yeah, within that, sir, within that, you know, from a zero to a 10, where did you stand on that? Was it completely natural for you? Was it a big decision that you had to make or? Honestly, for me, it was natural because I've already had like rumors spread from when my friends and I would be chatting about, oh, he's a man whore. Oh, he's in a third thing. Oh, oh his kid's going to end up as fucked up as he is. And after they pick up their teeth from the ground for saying that sort of shit. Um, it just felt natural for me because I like doing the safe work stuff that I either am in or I write. But I also enjoy the not safe work stuff because it's very freeing on many different levels. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm glad you, you're able to do both. And you and there's different sides of both that you enjoy. And, and that's really important. Um, e. Yes. Um, so when it comes to and I guess this is where I guess the conversation opens up for everybody. Um, a lot of people have fears and a lot of people have doubts and um, when it comes to pursuing their passions and obviously that is literally that applies to streaming, that applies to voice acting, that applies to literally any career you can think of. Um, do you guys, what was your experience with following the things that you wanted to do instead of maybe things that um, you thought other people wanted of you or whatever pressure society may have had on you uh i guess we could start with you valley like well, how did you go about pursuing your passions and the things that you love doing um so streaming isn't really like streaming is like a side hobby for me i love mm -hmm. it because i get to i get to make friends i get to meet people i get to share my stupid humor and like <laughs> silly comments and play weird games that most people right. would never probably play. My like true passion that has always been like medical, like helping people. That's always been athletics. I love fitness stuff. Um, I love sports. And so for me, I wanted to get into a field where I could do that. And I found massage therapy through my um, now husband. His mom worked at the school that where I got my education. So I went to a career day there. And then I signed up for the massage therapy program. And the scariest part wasn't even the schooling. The schooling was fine, got through it okay. Um, took a while to pass my test because I have terrible test anxiety. So I had to go back like three or four times to get my state license, even though I already knew everything they were talking about. If they told me like if there was a person on the table and they said, work on this muscle i could do it like that right but reading it my mind just went blank so it took me three to four times so my first obstacle was getting over my test anxiety which i don't think it's fully gone but i did eventually pass it and the fourth time i took it it was like they're like why didn't you do this the first time right <laughs> i totally overshot the score it was ridiculous because you then, test anxiety 
right? Right. And then <laughs> I got my first job and what that big obstacle was I was just so happy to have a job. I didn't see like I had a great boss. The hours were crap and the pay wasn't good. But I I didn't know anyone else who'd want me with no experience. So I stayed in the same job for 4 years being stuck, not really like going anywhere. And I was actually my last year, I got my dream job at the dream, a massage clinic, chiropractic office I wanted to go to. But I saw they were hiring two times before that. And I didn't go for it because I didn't think I was good enough because I didn't have my didn't work on enough people and have enough education. So I didn't go for it. And then one day I just went for it. I got the job and walking in, it was like, I was in school all over again and all my coworkers were teachers. And so I really had to get in that mindset of it's kind of like you're starting over because you're at a new job. You're no longer the only one. And then once I did that, I've been there for over a year now. October 1st is my one year anniversary at my job. And I've gone full time for the first time in four years. And I've, I've been absolutely loving it. And they even have been encouraging me to go back to school for personal trainer. Um, so I could have two titles to my name and I could actually show people, you know, stretches and workouts because we have a little um, physical therapy workout area in our office. So starting in January, I'm probably going to be going back to school soon for personal yeah. trainer. Um but my ultimate, this all leads up to the ultimate goal of being a um, massage therapist for a pro sports team. Now, the biggest obstacle there is that I am a 4'11 little woman. You are a pixie. <laughs> we know this. I, I am. I'm a hobbit. I'm going to call me what it is. I, got, <laughs> I get hair on my toes. I'm a hobbit. I'm a little <laughs> hobbit. So when people, I get like these big athletic dudes look at me all the time when they come back and get massage and go, it's okay if you can't go that deep, you know, I'll just like the massage for what it is. And then they leave feeling great and a little bit, a little bit sore because they wanted the deepest I could go and didn't think I could go that deep. So it's always that doubt when someone looks at me because of my height, my weight, and that I'm thin and they don't think I have the muscle to back it. So one way I'm combating that is I'm get, I got back into working out. So I want to get a little bit more muscle because that will help me get into a deeper massage that I want to get at so I can work on these top-level athletes that I one day hope to work on. Seahawks! I, well, not, I'm, not, not football players. Nothing against football. <laughs> it's just one working on one football player, it's like I'm done for the day. They are huge yeah. and very tiring. I would like, I'm probably going to be going more like basketball, baseball, or hockey or soccer, you know, like the leaner. They're still muscular, but they're leaner. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's just my size. You know, men and women are built differently. And that's something people don't like to admit, but it's true. And we have certain limitations. You don't see a lot of female therapists for the NFL for a reason. Right. Uh, you see like these big, burly dudes. You see them more for like leaner athletes like or in the olympics for like gymnastics swimming and there's nothing wrong with that not saying that the big burly dude is better than say someone my size or a little bit taller who's my weight it's just we're just different biologically different exactly and a lot of leagues don't really care like as long as you do a good job you have the resume so ideally i would be my dream would be be work for the seattle storm wmba or the Colorado Avalanche in the National Hockey League. But I would take any team 
yeah to get that experience in so after i get my personal trainer license and i work at my job for a little bit i love my job but i know eventually my wrists are going to give out and i can't stay in my same spot my whole life mm-hmm. so i need to start going to like college teams minor league teams um you know junior league teams and getting on their staff and getting that experience and work my way up right. um so that's where i'm going with my dreams and passion but like i said the biggest hurdle is honestly my appearance because people don't think a lot they don't think i'm gonna give this deep massage that's gonna relax them or heal their pain or fix their problem right they just judge face value yes people suck (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's i mean it's it's important to do it regardless and that's exactly what you're doing like you're mm-hmm. you're proving them wrong in a lot of ways and you're you're going for it and and you said something really good about how after you got your dream job you found kind of another dream job mm-hmm. and that's really important because you shouldn't like settle even like no matter how wonderful it is um as humans we always we always like need a challenge and we always need a next step for whatever we're doing. So uh, that's really important. And that's really good that you've kept that for like, and you have that goal. And it's something that you'll have to look forward to and to work towards instead of just something that, and it's something within your control. And you obviously know the steps that you have to take to get there. So mm-hmm. uh, that's actually something that I struggle with, like finding out like i picture a goal but then i can't in my brain process the little steps that need to be taken to get there i just get overwhelmed and i don't go for it you know what i mean or i don't try or i don't do anything about that so um either of you can answer this what advice do you have for people who may be in a similar position as i am or people who may be wanting to pursue the careers that you're currently in but they they don't know how to get started they don't know uh, they don't know how to make goals for themselves or anything like that. Anyone can go first. Feel free. I've I've talked a lot. I'll let Valley start. <laughs> <laughs> um. So for anyone who would like to or are interested in massage therapy, I highly recommend it. It is so. It's one of the most educational experiences you'll ever have because you never stop learning. You have to take. CEU credits, education hours every year to renew your license. Um, the in-class experience is wonderful because you get to work with other therapists and see what they do. The types of bodies you get to work on from, I've worked on like car accidents to L&I, so work injuries, um, to, you know, sports injuries, to moms just wanting to relax and get out of the house and get away from their kids. Because they've been there all day. You know, it's like the mass array of things you get to work on and people you get to meet. It's very enriching. That's what I'm looking for. It enriches your day. And when you hear someone say, "Um, my day was so bad, then I came in and got this massage and I feel so relaxed. I can tackle the rest of my day. That feels wonderful because that's what the whole point of my job is to do is make you feel better and take the pain away. Um. And it's actually very, very simple to start massage. When I went to school, I had no idea what I was doing. I had never had a massage in my life. I just went to a school. I made sure it was accredited and I signed up. And then after that, the rest just kind of takes hold. And if you go to the right school, they'll have like counselors there who will set you up in like an internship. 
um, who will help you with your resume so you can get hired. Um, and after that, you really take the wheel on your own and you decide if you want to go chiropractic office, do you want to work at spa, do you want to work on a cruise ship, do you want to do, you know, athletics, like really, mm-hmm. if the opportunities are endless with it. And you can take massage into like physical therapist, into personal trainer, um, nutritionist, dietitian, um, you know, any, there's so many routes you can take with it. So I think it's like a really good career and a good stepping stone if you want to go farther in a medical field without doing any of like the hospital, like needlework and stuff. It's still Mm -hmm. medical. It's just not the traditional medical, but you can still say I'm in the medical field. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just as important because like what you said, uh, and that's why I said this sort of conversation applies to everyone because I feel like all of us can relate to that feeling of hearing someone, you know, in my case, in my chat, but in, in I'm sure V's case, like in his DMs and in your case, you literally hear it in person or someone calling you or whatever, that feeling of someone going to you and saying, my day was shit, but you made it better even if it's like slightly better right i feel like all of us have had that moment of like i love what you did and you improved my life in a way that made it like way better and or even my day doesn't have to be my life but you know Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's it's so important for for us to just keep at it because that's kind of the thing like things just end up obviously don't go through life like this, like, oh, things just end up happening. But what I mean is like, when you have a good intention and when you have, when you're pursuing what your soul is asking you or begging you to go after, Mm -hmm. that path eventually opens up. The more that you tune out all the nonsense and the more that you tune out what you don't want, eventually the things that you do want will come to the forefront or you'll meet people who will help you get to that place, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have any additional um, advice on this conversation, V, before we move on to the last topic of the day? Sure. Um, for anyone that's just going to be jumping into voice acting thinking it's going to be the easiest job in the world, let me tell you, no way in fucking hell is no, this ma'am. <laughs> You think we just roll out of bed and it's just like, okay, we're going to make some magic. Uh, okay where's my money <laughs> wait it's not like that Darn it. no queen no no oh my god i've been doing it wrong this whole time <laughs> the the beauty of voice acting is it helps in a lot of different avenues than you'd ever expect because when you jump into this world you're also learning stuff involving business that you never thought were ever possible like um for me, doing voice acting helped me with a lot of negotiation things I had to do for some startup businesses I had back in the day. And it's also helped me develop more of a report of what to do in business situations now since I own my own studio. It also helps you with trying to navigate through things of trying to learn different accents, trying to make sure that you do things to where you can pretty much empathize with people. Thank you. See? hard as hell empathize with people 
on many different levels since you get to play different roles like you can get a script handed to you like you're this beaten person that's been abused all your life and you're now just be able to snap from playing that role for so many amounts of episodes to being like seasons to being like years you then have this whole empathy towards a lot of people where you want to give back more to do more to just be like i want to just take this one person I see suffering and make sure they don't go through what I've had to portray because I want to know their story more. I want to make sure that they're better off than whatever my character has been. It also gets you in that whole mindset of trying to do things to, like me personally, as a parent, voice acting has helped me bond more with my kids to then all of a sudden they'll be like, dad, dad. I got this thing coming up. I have no one to really hang out with or do anything. It becomes like a nice family bonding thing with like your kids or me and that uh, me and my big sister Valley, where I like doing voice acting stuff with her. If she'd ever say yes to those things. I don't voice act. <laughs> Damn. Called I mean, out. I got to meet right Gollum. 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 There this you go. is why I'm always sad. Um, <laughs> it also just allows you to Damn. get a lot of things done of being able to tell how to help other individuals in the VA community as well, like I've already stated before. Voice acting definitely does help a lot of things, not only creatively, but also helps with business. But I don't want people to jump in thinking it's the easiest job in the world where you can just yeah. say whatever, do whatever, act however, because I've seen so many good talents get blacklisted for saying the stupidest things and doing the stupidest actions. Or they could be some very prolific people that say some very controversial type things and then all of a sudden go on Twitter to then just say the stupidest things because they want a court case. And then they're just saying that they can get away with it because they're a certain gender or sexuality or credence, but I'm not going to say who. <laughs> oh, we're getting some, we're getting some tea <laughs> on, the, on the voice acting community up in here. <laughs> But I'm like, you tell yeah. them. I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm like, yes, sure, go for it. Yes, drag them. <laughs> but um, it's definitely one of the hardest career choices to do in a lot of facets for the creative side of things. I'm not going to say it's the hardest one in general because certain people, they can just make voice acting super easy, like Kevin Conroy or fucking... Mark Hamill, or Frank Welker, or Chris Sabat, that son of a bitch keeps stealing jobs from me. Um, but it's not going to be something that will be able to click with you so fast that you get all these job offers because, as my friend Amanda can attest as a voice coordinator, well, talent coordinator and voice coordinator, she does so many things. No matter how talented you can be from the starting gate, you will be eaten alive in this community if you don't come correctly, you don't act the correct way for a lot of things, and you don't act smart. Oh, it's hello, just uh, <laughs> sorry. It's just so many different facets into this job that help you with so many doors since voice acting helps get so many things connected, like working for Disney, which allows you to work with people in NASA, working with ABC, which can allow you to work with people at the local police department, working with HBO, 
to then be talking to certain people that are survivalists or these weapon experts or certain times actually hang out with people that bring in live animals to sets. No, ma'am. Sorry. These, these connections no. are very important because they not only open up one business door, but if you have other passions, they open up more connections to do things on a business scale. But you have to make sure you're smart with how you do things. Don't come in super cocky and don't act like it's the easiest job to do in the world. When you do all those things in general, you're going to be on a good first step. Other than that, the rest is up to you if you want to crash and burn. Yes. There you go. Damn, you tell them. You tell them all of them. <laughs> How dare you do the things that you do? Don't you love, like, I'm just being so vague. I'm like, yes, tell them. Yes, whatever they did, they deserve what they got. Yes. <laughs> Honestly, as a as a quick uh, add-on, I all of us do streaming, but that's the only thing I do. So I guess that's one thing that I can tell people when it comes to getting into it and all that stuff. Um, I agree a lot with V. Don't think it's gonna be easy when it, you come into streaming don't think that you'll be able to make a living off, off of it for a while um don't think that you know and it's okay like all of these things are perfectly fine because i'm sure this would be the case for any of these two wonderful people like they would be doing whatever they're doing no matter how much money they would make out of it, because it's just literally things that they love doing. Um, and that applies to streaming as well. If it's not something that you genuinely love doing, then you'll find that very easy. And I mean, yeah, both of you have been on the platform for a while, so you've definitely seen what I've seen when it comes to a lot of people coming in with the wide eyes and being like, I'm going to be the next big thing. And then like after a year, they're not. And then oh, honey. they leave and, you know, you just see that cycle on social media of people just like leaving or taking hiatuses and stuff like that, because it's just like at the end of the day, just doing the thing is not enough for them. And I'm not saying that you should settle for whatever you get. But what I'm saying is like at a baseline, there has to be a, a, a there has to be a love for it so big that it doesn't matter if you're if one person is watching or like a thousand, you know what I mean? Because it's just something that you love doing. And if, if and if it's not what you love doing, I don't know what you all believe in watching this when it comes to like God and religion and the universe and all that stuff. But I personally believe that whenever we're not following our true passions, we don't really get a lot of success out of it because that's the universe redirecting us to what we actually need to be doing. So sometimes we just literally need to take the hint and be like, you know what, that's not for me. And it's okay. Like, uh, a lot of people get mad when there's the conversation of people saying that streaming isn't for everyone. And that's true. You can still be a content creator and not be a live streamer. You know what I mean? Um, and there's the example that Valley gave. Like, streaming is not her goal in life, but is it something that she loves doing? Yes. And she still does it. And it it's fine. You know, streaming full-time is just not for her. And that's completely fine. That's a reality that she is aware of and it's fine because she has something that is for her and that's something that she wants to get out of life and um when people give you advice like oh twitch is not for everybody they're not saying that you shouldn't stream they're just saying that 
there's a possibility there's something out there in the world that you're neglecting because you're so focused on trying to pursue this one thing that may not even be for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I do genuinely believe, though, that if at the core of it, it's something that you love doing, then keep doing it. And then eventually you'll find the tools, you'll find the ways to make it work for you. Um but until then, just enjoy what you're doing and, you know, maybe have a day job. That's what I do. You know, maybe have a part time job to fund that because uh, you don't want to rely on your community to pay for your games or to pay for your upgrades and all that stuff. Um, it, it depends on what you want to get out of it. And for me, just honestly, being live, I'm getting something out of it. Obviously, I with everything that we love doing, the more that we can climb up the ranks, the more that, you know, it's wonderful. But it's this is something that if in 10 years I, I have the exact same stats, I'll still be doing it because I genuinely love doing it, you know? Um, I was doing it before I knew I could even make money off of it. Affiliate wasn't a thing when I started. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm not gonna make partner anytime soon. So I'm just gonna have fun. And guess what, the mentality, has shifted through the years, but I've gotten back to that. I've gotten back full circle to that mentality of like, maybe it won't happen anytime soon, but I'm going to enjoy the process because the process is the most important part of the whole thing. Not like aimlessly grinding towards something that and hating the process and then getting somewhere and being like, oh, is that it? Oh, okay. I worked so hard and like literally destroyed my soul for something that I don't care that much about. (laughs) yeah so yeah anyway uh we have a last topic and it's everything is kind of related to content creation today i love that (laughs) well (laughs) yours isn't really fully but it's about like public figures and and stuff like that so yeah we let's move on to valley's topic to end off the show tonight um so i saw a video from one of my favorite um fitness instructors um, her name is Cassie Ho, uh, aka Blog Lotties. She does a lot of like weightless uh, workouts, so a bunch of body weight, like Pilates type of stuff. And she has her own programs and she teaches education classes. And she's just overall, in my opinion, a wonderful person. I don't see never anything negative about her. Um, and her program really worked. I mean, I did it and I saw like huge effects, like it really worked and I stuck with it. But what happened was um, a couple years ago, she made a video where it was um, um, basically she was deemed body positivity um, fitness instructor because she was being shamed at the gym for not having toned abs. So she made this really beautiful video and it was kind of like all like the insults people are throwing at her and she wrote it on a mirror and she crossed it out. She said, I love my body. I don't need to look a certain way to be a fitness instructor. And that, and then she was deemed body positive. Right. And so fast forward to now, um, she went on a journey because her new goal, she said, was to be at an athletic form. So she won't have a certain amount of body, like um, body weight, body mass, all that kind of stuff. And so she went on a 90 day journey of like counting calories, watching what she ate, you know, increasing her workouts, mm-hmm. all this type of stuff. As soon as that was released, her own fans, people who never even probably worked out in their life, so I'm going to be real, started attacking her and said she wasn't body positive anymore. Right. Because she was changing, she, she was going to change her body to look different. So that brought up the question, can you be body positive 
while working out and having a healthy lifestyle? Can you still love your body and want to change it? And in her video, it's really good. I definitely rank checking it out. Um, she goes through the history of body positivity, how it got started, um, and how it kind of morphed into whatever people use it for. You know, they kind of mm-hmm. just take it and put it into something. Um, and how it's kind of become more of attacking people um, who aren't doing what that community wants them to do. Yeah. Um, if an influencer loses weight, if they start to diet, then they're not body positive. They're attacked. They're, air quote, canceled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I really <laughs> enjoyed quotes. her video. Yeah. Because when I start, because when I went on my weight loss journey and started watching her, I was 40 pounds overweight. And I was to the point where I was having trouble, like, I was having trouble breathing in between sentences. And I'm 4'11". So having that 40 extra pounds on me was pushing to um, obese. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was going to shorten my lifespan. I knew that. My body wasn't going to be able to hold that. Like, I was in my mid-20s. That wasn't right. So I, I... I dieted, I exercised, I, but but not by dieting. I didn't like go to keto or anything. I just cut out sugar. I cut out sweets. Mm -hmm. I cut out a little bit of carb, not crazy amount, just like cut back a little bit. Dairy I cut out and I lost a lot of weight that way. And I started exercising. But the funny thing was the moment I posted a picture of me in college and a picture of me that day before I started losing weight, I posted it on Twitter and everybody said, you look fine. You don't need to change who you are. You're beautiful the way you are. It's not about beauty. Yeah, Beauty is fleeting. Beauty is going to change. It's about the longevity of your life and how you want to live your life. And I had to come down to, I don't care what these people think. If they think I'm changing because societal pressure that I'd have to be thin, it wasn't about being thin. It was about being healthy. So I had to take that. And I was, and then I did just dance on stream and I had a couple people who followed me and they thought they're like, oh, you look so good. And they're like, oh, your exercise program is so good. And I showed a before and after photo. And then I got unfollowed. And I discovered from a mod that they said I wasn't body positive because I posted before and after photos of my weight loss and I didn't love myself. Oh, my God. So that was absolutely (laughs) ridiculous. So in my opinion, I think you can be body positive and lose weight because for me, Change isn't a scary thing if you're doing it right and you know where you want to go, if you know it's going to improve your life, if you have that support system to help you do it. It's you love your body enough to get better, to make a change, to get stronger, but not everyone agrees with that. So that was I really liked that video she put up because it opened that discussion to the point where she even said if the she even said if the topic and if people agree that you cannot work out and be body positive, then she's going to be journey positive. She's about the journey, not really about the body because it's right. also about mental too. So I think you can still be body positive yeah. and, and exercise. But what do, you, what do you guys think? I absolutely think you can because, uh, and I've seen this before, uh, it happens with content creators that are, you know, their brand is exactly what you said, like them being po- body positive and they they don't their body, you know, they're either overweight or whatever for for whatever reason. Right. There's multiple reasons mm-hmm. as to why someone is overweight. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it, it when they're an influencer and I don't I don't even remember who it was, but it was someone who 
had that sort of branding and they were all about like defying society's expectations and all that stuff. And then they, I guess they started losing weight, right? Um, mm -hmm. And it wasn't even something that they addressed on a video or anything like that. It just, it was just one of those things where I guess they were eating better or they were like walking more or whatever. It wasn't even like a noticeable change for them of, as like, oh my God, I'm like, my body is changing. They kind of, from what I remember, this was like a couple of years ago, so I don't remember the details. They kind of got more and more aware of it as people were like pointing it out, like, oh, you're losing weight. I guess you're not body positive anymore and stuff like that. And they weren't even like posting before and after. They were just like, and I remember at some point they were just like, oh my God, I'm, I can't believe I'm, I'm wearing this size again because I haven't seen this size in, in so many years for myself, yeah. right? And mm -hmm. to, to see people taking a moment like that and make it about like, oh, you're not body positive, you're changing, blah, as if like they're changing for the worse. You know what I mean? Like you're not like mm -hmm. changing for the worse. She's like bettering herself. And mm -hmm. a lot of it is projecting. Like, I, that's what I got from your story as well, Valley, when you mm -hmm. said that people were like, oh, you look fine the way you are. That's just them trying to, like, tell themselves, like, oh, sh she looks kind of like me. She's Let me just tell her. Let me, like, continue this narrative of, like, oh, you're fine the way that you are so that you don't, so they don't feel like they're less than because you're on a journey and they're not, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what I get from it. I just get a lot of projecting. Because it's mm -hmm. it's also that thing of like, how are you watching a channel that's literally about working out and they have like fitness programs for people to change their body for the better, right? Mm -hmm. And when I say for the better, it's not, I don't say it as like, they're losing weight and therefore that's a good thing. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying like, if you obviously take on like a 30 day ab workout, yeah. you're getting ab strength. You know what I mean? Like you're yeah. working on your body and you're... And you're, it's not just about the aesthetics. Obviously, yeah. it, even if it was, like, what about it? You know, it's like, it's, mm -hmm. it's someone's body. I can be po body positive and uh, appreciate and, and uh, uh, not approve, but I can um, support. That's the word that I want to. I can support mm -hmm. people no matter where they are in their journey whether or not they want to diet or not, whether or not they want to work out, whether, doesn't matter, right? I can still support mm -hmm. people and not shame people for the body that they have, but still have goals of my own to like, you know, work out more often and to be proud of myself. You know, when I look myself in the mirror and like out of the shower, I want to be proud of that. And there's nothing wrong with that. And by mm -hmm. me, it's, if for me, having a certain body is something that I'm proud of, it's not me saying that if you don't have that body, I'm not proud of you. And mm -hmm. people just, I, I just see it as like insecurity, people being very insecure and just taking it personally as like, oh, that person prefers having this amount of weight. Therefore, they're saying that I'm less than or I'm this or that. And in reality, it's just someone who's proud of their accomplishments, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I almost choked on myself. Anyway, what do you think, V? For me, it's always just, just going to be the same thing I can say about anything. If you wholeheartedly believe in where you're striving towards and you are a beacon of positivity for what your message is going to ultimately be, then the rest of the world can literally eat a bag of dicks. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, would I like that? Um, <laughs> would that be a good experience for me? Is that a bad thing per se? <laughs> you know, I get it. I get it though. You know, I, I get what you mean. I'm joking. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's that message of like, if you're not hurting anyone, and if you're spreading positivity, and you're spreading a good message, then it's literally like, who cares, right? Mm -hmm. But it's it's not as black and white as that, unfortunately, when it comes to the internet. Um, yeah. Because there's always a nuanced conversation. And obviously, everything is a nuanced conversation. Like if you depending, like, this conversation can very easily have people on, um, on I don't remember her name on that person's side, on the influencer side, and mm -hmm. just be like, oh, yeah, you're a bunch of, you know, overweight idiots, whatever. Like, the, it opens the discussion for both sides or people being like, oh, the skinny bitches are this and that. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And that's kind of the unfortunate thing, but it's like by someone posting their before and after they're not necessarily asking for approval and i remember a friend of mine um has had that of like them posting like a throwback and people being like oh my god you look so much better now because they lost weight throughout the years right mm -hmm. right and they have this weird relationship with that kind of comment because they're like it's sometimes it's not even a before and after it's like sometimes it's just a throwback right mm -hmm. and they're like it's interesting how you see me as more valuable and you see me as better looking in comparison to like my before. And, but you know, it's like you see my current pictures and everything is like completely fine. Or you even criticize me because I may not have the quote unquote ideal body that every Instagram influencer has. But the second that they see a throwback picture, all of a sudden they're like, Oh my God, you're such an inspiration. Oh my God, you lost so much weight. How did you do it? And all that stuff. And they're like, well, why did, why are things different whenever you see like the context of my life? You know, like with the second you see that, uh, you know, I lost a bunch of weight that all of a sudden I'm this or that, like people just love putting stuff on you. That's their own baggage and their, their own insecurities and stuff. So it's just a matter of like, dealing with that and you know just hey telling people to suck a dick if they don't <laughs> like a dick if you know or telling them to lick a unwashed booty you know <laughs> just you know it's no it's it's you know i joke about it but yeah it's just as long as you know that whatever you're doing has good intentions behind it mm -hmm. and you're willing to learn because that's a good mm -hmm. thing as well like obviously we all need to be open to learn from criticism mm -hmm. but if it if it's not valid or constructive criticism then forget them you know whatever who cares um but yeah today was a really good discussion we mm -hmm. talked a lot about like being like in the oh, public i actually have one more and... thing to add to that oh yes part you added in yes um because you said people were like oh um like how people are going back and forth about the weight and stuff yeah so um, there were people in her comments saying she had body dysmorphia because she wanted to get to a certain goal, like diagnosing her with body dysmorphia. Right. Well, at the same time, those are the same people who will get in your face if you say, you know, you have you you look unhealthy, and they're like, you can't diagnose that, you know, and they'll get right, on your face. Right. 
but they can say, oh, you have body dysmorphia because you want to lose weight. So you're right. That does go back and forth. And mm-hmm. there was like a huge battle in that comment section about that. It's like, no, she's not. She's eating healthy. She's doing everything right. She's not right. starving herself. You know, she's exactly. just eating differently. But and it's that not was even the thing point. of like she wanted. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. You, I like that you brought that point up because I just remember. Yeah, it's not even a thing of like she said, oh, oh I look fat and I want to lose weight. Yeah. Like, it was a thing of like, from what I understand from what you're saying, mm-hmm. like, she's like, oh, uh, I just want to have a certain percentage of uh, muscle mass and yeah. what. I, yeah. So it's not even it's it's people are weird on the Internet. Yeah, people, very weird. <laughs> people are weird. They will put their own personal shit on you and, and just, yeah, it's mm-hmm. weird. But yeah. We we th- this was a very productive conversation though. I feel like we touched on a lot of different, but also kind of overarching, like mm-hmm. stuff. Like I feel like everything's sort of interconnected in a weird, unexpected way that I <laughs> wasn't mm-hmm. really expecting. Um, one last time, where can people find you on social media? This time we'll start with uh, with Valley. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and on at Valley the Vampire. Weekends and- posting stuff on instagram and twitter yes uh do you want to do, do you have any like fun plans for like halloween content perhaps or anything fun um like that? not day of halloween but i have been doing i did a cosplay stream of my sally costume for, for yes. christmas and then i've been playing a bunch of vampire based games to lead up to kind of hyping up for the release of vampire masquerade um bloodlines 2 <laughs> um, Redemption, Red Brace Hollywood. I'm gonna do another playthrough of Bloodlines One. So I've been trying to find like vampire games to kind of keep with that theme up till that release. So it's kind of like a nice just pumping up for it. So yeah, where can you yeah. Put, yeah. where can people find you? Be <laughs> love speaking. I'm so talented at it. Uh, for. Twitch, you guys can find me on twitch.tv forward slash Lion Jotun. That's with two N's, not one like that awesome indie game that no one's been playing recently. Um, you guys can fa- find me on Twitter for twitter.com forward slash black underscore VC voices, where you guys can see all my voice acting stuff, where either I'll be dropping positivity or I'll be hinting at some voice acting stuff that's going to take a minute because I have a huge workload. Yes. And if you guys want to see me do stuff that's not really voice acting related because I've been ignoring YouTube for a while because Susan is a terrible CEO, um, you guys can find me on YouTube for The Pyramid Inn where I post a lot of stuff of reviews, I do editorials, I do rants. I occasionally do live streams when I'm not on Twitch, which is very seldom because Twitch is amazing. And (laughs) it's basically that kind of stuff. So you guys can find me on all those different things, the social medias, on video platforms. I might be getting a new grounds thing to start posting my pornography stuff when I get a big enough collection for it. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah, that's that's all that stuff. And if you want to keep up this up to snuff with my uh studio thing my studio has all their links of writers cove studios you can find it on google just typing that in you'll find our youtube our twitter maybe our instagram boom yes do you have any fun plans for like halloween times 
Halloween day, I might be doing a stream of doing Soma in the morning because I work uh, Halloween Ooh, night. And then the day after, since there's going to be discount candy day everywhere, I'm going to get a shit ton of candy and then go back to playing Soma. Yes, sounds amazing. <laughs> well, you know, the candy part. We I know candy's amazing. Groovy. We don't, we don't stand we don't stand horror games in this household. I mean, well, <laughs> some horror games. Anyway, we'll, we won't get into this that. This is why I moved out of this house, Ruby, because you don't understand. <laughs> Listen, um, it's fine. I just don't like the experience of getting scared and just, you know, I like my heart to be perfectly functioning. And I don't like it to skip to skip any beats. You know what I mean. I just like it the way that it is, and it's fine. You know, <laughs> it's it's fine. I yeah, it's it's completely fine. <laughs> you can find me over here on Twitch. This is where we record this these episodes of Breakfast at Ruby's. Um, thank you everyone for joining me for this episode. I really appreciate it. Um, send some shade towards Passion Pit on social media. <laughs> just saying. Where were? you passion i know passion we missed you yeah looking passion for pit. passion pit like you yeah. like the kim kardashian gif where she's like yeah <laughs> so you know i'm not i'm not agreeing or disagreeing with that but you know just you know take what you will <laughs> um for halloween i'm actually going to be doing my first ever drag stream we Woo! teased it a little bit uh last episode i know i'm gonna be a woman for a day honey um a very clowny looking woman because god knows that no no lady goes out of the house looking like i'll be looking that day okay um but you know if you if you're ready for to see this face with a different face on definitely tune in for the 31st and it should be pretty exciting um yeah you can find me on social media everywhere project ruby uh content creator a live streamer potentially a musician we'll see about that <laughs> still still working up the confidence to pursue that one but you know we'll we'll try um yeah love you all thank you so much for watching we'll see you on the next episode until then be wonderful to one another bye bye, bye.